Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this week. This week, we have a new feature where we'll be talking to Good Food Markets every week. Phil, can you tell us what's happening in the market this week? Hi, Michelle. Absolutely. Um, this week, we're really excited to bring on yet another um, local vendor. Um, this time, uh, they're called Mama Lucia's, um, a great chain of uh, Italian restaurants in the area. Um, and uh, we met them a while back and and are really excited to um, have brought some of their great products in the store. Um, they're doing a, a whole line of things for us and for you, um, which is uh, everything from salads to sides to whole meals um, in the Italian realm um, and outside of it. Um, they really do a fantastic job, um, and uh, we're really excited to have yet another um, wonderful local vendor exclusive to uh, Good Food Markets. So you can find them um, on the shelf in the grab-and-go section at 2006 Rhode Island Avenue at 20th Street Northeast. Um, if you want to check us out online, it's www.goodfoodmarkets.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and if you have any questions, you know, feel free to give us a call the old-fashioned way uh, on our landline, 202-248-8494. Uh, we'll tell you what's fresh in today and uh, and what's coming through from Mama Lucia's. That sounds awesome. Thanks, Phil. We look forward to going there. Thank you, Michelle. See you soon. Okay, take care. And now I want to say a quick thanks to our sponsors, the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. We sure appreciate them. Without them, we would not be here. Also, Kyle will not be in the studio today. He's out and about doing the good work for Rhode Island Avenue and will be back in studio next week. Today, we do have the new executive director of Art Enables, Tony Brunswick, joining us. Thanks, Tony, for coming in. Thanks so much for having me. Good morning. Good morning. So tell our listeners about Art Enables. Yeah, so Art Enables is a really wonderful nonprofit organization uh, that has been on Rhode Island Avenue since 2011. We are an employment and vocational program for artists with disabilities. So we help um, artists uh, with disabilities promote themselves and their work uh, so that they can be able to practice their, their craft. And is it only for uh, artists with disabilities? It's uh, we right now we have about thirty five artists, and uh, some have developmental disabilities, um, things like Down syndrome or autism or things along that spectrum. And then we also work with people with mental health issues, people that may have uh, bipolar or schizophrenia, things like that. Is this open to only DC residents? It is mostly D.C. residents, but we do work with a few people that are um, in Maryland, in Montgomery County. And how do the artists find you? So they find us through a number of ways. We have a partnership with the Department of Disability Services uh, here in the district, so we do get some of our artists through um, referrals from the city. Uh, We also get um, referrals uh, by just word of mouth, folks that have heard of us, folks that um, have individuals in their lives who have demonstrated either a strong desire or a strong ability in, in the arts and are looking for a way to help them develop that ability. And you said it was a vocational? 
Yep, vocational employment program. So we work with the artists to help them establish themselves as professional artists. We run a studio and a gallery. Um, the studio is where they come and do their work. We provide the materials, the resources, the space. Um, if you've ever been in our studio, it's this big, beautiful, open, it's very bright, I love bright it. place. It's a fantastic uh, and inspiring place to make art. Um, and then we also have our gallery, which we then use to promote um, our artists and their artwork. We also do a number of um, uh, shows outside of the studio around town and around the uh, D.C. metro area, um, again, to promote the artists and, and, and their work. So the proceeds from the sales of their artwork um, go back to the artists, and that is um, one of the main ways in which we're trying to support them on their um, performance professional uh, career path so as they artists. do get paid so yeah absolutely terrific. absolutely um, and they build the 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 experience and the skills that a lot of artists are learning to develop how do you market yourself how do you talk about your work how do you promote yourself how do you make work that is marketable um, that that can draw the eye of collectors or just folks who appreciate art mm-hmm how many artists actually work there? I know you said you have 35. Yeah, so we now. have about 35 total. And uh, in any any day, on any day, we have between 15 and 20 in the studio. So we have some artists that are working with us one day a week, and we have other artists that are working with us four or five days a week. Um, and some of our artists are relatively new within the last year or two. And then we've had other artists that have been with us for seven, eight, nine years. Um, part of, again, what we want to do from a vocational employment standpoint is is help people see this as a long-term path for, for their professional growth and development. So we want to create opportunities for people to be able to be engaged in their artwork for extended periods of time. This is a, such an awesome idea. I love that uh, you foster the art creation while de- being dedicated to working with people with disabilities. Yeah. They wouldn't yeah. have this opportunity necessarily. So how did you get into this line of work? Yeah, so, you know, like many of us, my career path has probably been, you know, a little windy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I have been working largely in the nonprofit world for the last 20 years or so. My background is actually clinical. I'm a trained therapist and spent many years um, working for different nonprofits, um, one that most will recognize is so others might eat some, oh, yes. um, as a clinician and therapist uh, with them. For the past 10 years, I have been working with a, a fabulous nonprofit called Lift. They're a national anti-poverty organization that works primarily um, with families of young children that are experiencing crisis. So we ran community centers around the country um, that worked with them on all sorts of issues, legal, medical, um, you name it, education needs. And after 10 years there, it felt um, like a good transition point for me, and I wanted to move back a little bit more towards um, a local organization um, with work that had always been very near and dear to my heart, working working more one-on-one with, with individuals that are, are seeking support and services. Um, I come from a family that um, uh, have tremendous experience working with people with disabilities. I had a sister who had Down syndrome, and in many ways I credit her for a lot of the life and vocational choices that I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a there's a, um, a wonderful professional uh, way in which this work gratifies me, but at a very personal level, I feel like I'm, I'm honoring my sister and the, the life that, that, that she helped me 
um, that helped inform me. That's great. That's great. How do you all get your funding? I know you said you're nonprofit. Yeah, so um, we have a couple different revenue streams. We have a fee-for-service stream. So in partnership with the city, the the city reimburses us for supporting artists on a vocational employment path. Um, like most cities and states, there the city has a responsibility to provide supportive services for people with disabilities and are looking for strong organizations like Art Enables to partner with. So we are a strong partner with the city on providing these services. So there is a, a reimbursement uh, model that comes with the artists that we work jointly with, um, with the city. And then we also work with independent agencies um, around the city and in Montgomery County that are also seeking places for individuals that they're working with um, for vocational employment support. So um, there is a, a fee-for-service model that, that's a part of that. And then the rest is really through fundraising. That's that's about a third of our revenue. And then the, the rest of our revenue is through foundations, individuals, um, corporations. So we're always looking for people who are excited by our work, um, interested in partnering with us to support not only um, the arts, which we think is a, a deeply critical community and societal need, yes. um, but also in advocacy for people with disabilities to recognize that you know, society is at its strongest when people are able to bring their gifts forward for the community to appreciate. Mm -hmm. uh, and so a lot of what we want to be able to do is stand for art and stand for artists, right. um, particularly artists with disabilities. The staff that works at... Uh Art enables. Are they volunteers or? Nope. We've got um, wonderful staff on board um, uh, that are full time. We have an arts coordinator, we have a service coordinator, and we have other positions that um, support us on a daily basis. We also do work with volunteers, though. So we have some wonderful volunteers that come in either throughout the week. Um, also on the weekends, every second Saturday of the month, we have something called the Second Saturday Workshop Series, which is open to the public. So community members can come in. Um, the workshop is often facilitated by our artists or guest artists that come into the studio. And we invite adults and kids to come in and make art with us. And that's every second Saturday. So we have a lot of volunteers that support us on, on those workshops. And the artists that work there, do they um, come up with their own ideas or do you all have classes? Is yeah. it a mix? Um, you know, the, the philosophy behind the studio is that we really want to be able to create the space for people to bring out their own unique artistic expression. Most of our artists are self-taught. Uh, and we really allow them to create the art that they want to make. And so there's not any formal instruction per se. We're not teaching people how to draw a horse or how to draw a car. Um, we're giving them the materials, the paper, the paints, the, 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 the space to bring their vision and their expression forward. Um, so we do like to do things that help people experiment and try different materials and, and um, you know, broaden their uh, artistic experience. Um, but it's very self-directed. We really want the artist to be able to, to bring themselves forward through their, through their work and through their art. Well, as you know, we've just finished the holiday season, yeah. uh, but you all probably have other upcoming events that don't necessarily work with the holiday. Any yeah. events other than the second Saturday um, workshops? Well, right now in the next couple months, the second Saturday workshops are the main things. We have one this, this Saturday, actually, from 1 to 4. Um, we've got a wonderful artist um, who's coming in and, and doing splotch monsters. It's where you take 
splotches of paint and then you illustrate on top of them to create these really cool pieces of work um and so for the next couple months those are going to be the the main community focused events that we're doing and then we're building our 2016 um community engagement plan now so there it is not uncommon that um we have shows in different galleries around town that we're part um, participating in different bazaars and fairs around town and so we'll have all of that on our website for anyone that might be interested in supporting participating coming out checking our work buying artwork which is the main way that our artists are are um benefiting through, through yeah the program. And, and you all have a lot of um a lot more than just art i mean i, I bought a bag there yeah. the, other, the other day with Sean Payne shoes on Yes, it. yes. I, We've got some that. fun merchandise, yeah. and we'll be getting more of that this year. So, um, you know, folks are welcome to come by the studio. We're open to the public 9 to one, uh, nine to 4, Monday through Friday. Um, we are an active studio and gallery, so folks can come in at any point during the week and check out our gallery. If they find art they like, um, it's probably likely the artist will be there in the studio. Right. They can meet the artist and talk with the artist. It's it's a really wonderful space. It, it really is. So if people want to, to get involved as a volunteer or an artist, yeah. how would they do that? So um, through our website, um, it has all of our contact information. Um, our phone, you, the easiest would be just to give us a call. Okay. Um, but there's also email and contact information on our website for folks to just reach out and see if... Um, you know, there's there's an opportunity to work with us. And what's the website? Uh, it's www.art-enables.org. Great. And Art Enables is located at 2204 Rhode Island Avenue, Northeast in Woodridge. Stop by and check them out. Thanks, Tony, for yeah. joining us today. Thank you. It's a real pleasure. Now, joining us from Eat and Smile Catering and Bespoke Kitchen are Erin Fitzgerald and Katie Rotramel. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Tell our listeners about Eat and Smile Catering slash Bespoke Kitchen. Sure. Um, so Eat and Smile has been around since uh, 2007. Uh, it was created by Chef Oliver Friendly, and uh, we've been in this neighborhood the entire time in uh, Brookland slash Woodridge neighborhood. Uh, the original mission of the company was to source local ingredients and work with local farmers, fishmongers, um, bakers, and other food purveyors in this area. Um, we still hold true to that mission today as much as possible within about a 175-mile radius of the district. Fish is about 350-mile district, excuse me, miles from the district. It's Maine to the Carolinas is give or take. Um, we also work really hard to be a true uh, green business and have green business practices. And um, essentially with the catering, you know, we, we work mostly with large events such as weddings, anniversary parties, um, mitzvahs, uh, special dinners, private dinners, stuff like that. Uh, we don't really focus too much on corporate catering. Uh, we really, our, our niche is, is event catering. Yeah, and the Bespoke Kitchen is something that we um, had been thinking about doing for a while, but when we moved to Rhode Island Ave, um, the space sort of opened itself up for uh, a set of private dinners that we've now been hosting for about a year off and on. Um, it's our opportunity as a company and as chefs to be creative and kind of offer something different for this neighborhood. Um, they are small dinners, uh, about eight to 10 people, uh, eight to 10 courses. And they are usually themed around something. We have done 
dinners. Um, we have an upcoming set at all Russian food, Russian related food. Um, we had one theme all about Jay-Z's first album. You know, you name it. We are excited to try to find a, a set of food that will fit that theme. Well, these events at the Bespoke Kitchen, we'll talk about that. They sell out very quickly. I have not been able to get there yet because they sell out so quickly. Any plans on uh, having them more frequently? I know the space is or the size is limited, so you can't have 50 people there. Right. Yeah. Um, so during what we call our off season for catering is usually when we are propping up these these dinners. So it's tough for us to do it on a more frequent basis because our main mission is Eat and Smile Catering. That is the main company and that is where we, we put a lot of our focus. Um, but the, these dinners give our chefs the ability to try new recipes, to meet new people, and just be creative. So we right now we're probably not going to increase them too much, but um, we are looking to do some more in February as well. Okay. And uh, are the, the are the same employees employed for yep. both? Yeah, it's all it's all <laughs> it's one all, one team. <laughs> that's what I figured. And what do you all do there? Um, I am the client and venue relations manager. Yeah, and oh, I am. Sorry, and this is Katie, okay. <laughs> and I'm the operations manager. Okay, all right. And you all have been with the company for a number of years. Yeah, we both came to the company um, in a similar fashion. Um, we, for a few years before becoming full time, we were part time servers and event captains. Um, and then, uh, for both Aaron and myself, this was a, a pretty big career change that uh, we we both have really enjoyed. Um, and so, I've been with the company full time for coming up on my second anniversary next week. Yeah, and I've been with the company um, a little over a year full-time, but I started with them in 2011 as a part-time employee. And you said that you all have always been in this neighborhood, but just recently on Rhode Island Avenue. Is that right? Yeah. So um, the Ian Smiles was based out of Oliver's house uh, for quite oh, some time. Wow. He lives mm-hmm. um, not very far from here over mm-hmm. um, in Brooklyn neighborhood. And uh, when it was time to buy the building for the commercial space, uh, he was very dedicated to staying in this immediate area. Um, and became kind of the, the first storefront on that strip of uh, 22nd block, excuse me, 22nd hundred block of, of Rhode Island Avenue. Um, and we're really excited that we have some really great neighbors who have come to join us. There are some <laughs> terrific neighbors. Absolutely. For the uh, catering portion, is there a pre-planned menu? How does that work? Uh, do you all have a signature item? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we work very differently than other caterers in a lot of ways, uh, one of which is that we really take a customizable approach for each client and each event uh, with respect that each event is a very different experience. Uh, you, you may do a bunch of weddings throughout a year, but every every wedding is made of unique, same, exactly, right? the same made of unique individuals. Um, so in that same vein, uh, we don't use preset packages. We don't use preset menus. The entire menu creation process is done completely, completely with the input of each client, uh, and is a you know a, a fairly lengthy process. Um, but these are one of the great advantages of being a boutique company is that you know we're really focused on on customizing for for each event uh, in its own style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. So, do you all have any signature items? Uh, any favorites or? Yeah, I'm. I'm you know. One of our favorites, and it sounds pretty simple, but it, it doesn't matter. It's really good. Is um, it's a fried mac and cheese. It's 
square cube of, of mac and cheese that's made with really great local cheese um, and oftentimes served with a spicy ketchup that's made in-house. Um, that's always really popular. Yeah. People, people tend to, yeah. yeah, as an hors d'oeuvre, people tend to say, oh, well, the kids will like that at the wedding. And then, of course, the adults eat all of it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's one, one of the, like, the popular favorites. ones. Yeah. yeah, you just see it across the board that people, people pick it and they're really happy with it um, when they see it crop up on their menu if it fits with their style. Um, yeah. do, do you all uh, cater exclusively in D.C. or around the entire DMV? We go in the entire DMV area. Uh, we, we basically will go about a two-hour radius of the district. So we very regularly doing weddings in Leesburg and Parcelville and, you know, those kind of areas, Eastern Shore. Um, it's, it's, you know, not unheard of for us to travel a pretty far distance. But, um, but I'd say about a two-hour radius from here is our comfort zone. And what about the size of the parties? Uh, any? Yeah. Is there a limit is there a, a minimum maximum no minimum no maximum um you know we we do both small dinners in people's houses with you know just 10 to 15 people for those that want it um we also do you know weddings of 250 300 people um so it, there there is no minimum no maximum um, but i'd say that the majority of our events you know hover in that 100 to 200 person range and when you all are doing the catering, do you all help the clients find the venues if they need that? Do you do the food and set up the presentation, servers, Absolutely. clean up? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we can do it all. Um, we A lot of times for weddings, folks come to us with a venue in mind already, though we do occasionally get people who just got engaged and are really excited um, and, you know, reach out to caterers first. And we have quite a few great venues that we've worked at over the years that we can highly recommend um, and are really happy to kind of walk clients through, you know, all the different options and, and connections that we have in the industry through the years, such as local florists and, um, you know, DJs and so forth. Um, but yeah, it kind of, it works, you know, in any, in any direction in that sense, we're, we're happy to help at whatever level of planning they're, they're starting with. Okay. So you would, you don't have to, um, have the, if you want to do your own cleanup, if you have that, but you all are able to do that. As yeah, well. absolutely. Yeah. So it, the, the majority of events, it, it's, it's us arriving, setting the whole space up, you know, staffing the event, catering the event, and then cleaning the whole space up and returning it to how we found it. Wow. Uh, that's how the most events go that way, and that's all within our domain um, and that we're, we're happy to do. And a lot of venue spaces, if they're being rented, actually require the caterer to do all those aspects. So, um, you know, if it's in a private residence, it's a little bit of a different right. different right. situation. But um, for larger events that, that folks are, are, are renting out a venue, uh, we work very closely with the venue to make sure we follow their guidelines. And, and you know, we want the venue you to be just as happy with us as the client is and to invite us back. So that's always our goal as well. How do you all maintain uh, being green and local ingredients the larger that you get? Yeah, I can talk a little bit about the being green part of it. Um, so we are building is 100% wind powered. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go through Potomac. Uh, I think it's uh, Ethical Electric. Ethical Electric. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, and we, I'm trying to think of what else we do. We do composting both on site and at events. We actually create more compost than we do trash and recycling on a weekly basis. It's wow. industrial composting. So it's a little bit more than what you can do at home. Um, you know, we are we are composting bones from, you know, the meat that we're getting in, things like that. Um, we also compost at events. So we use, um, compostable serviceware for a lot of our clients. Um, and it's just another way to kind of, you know, keep things going and giving back to the environment. Um, we also, 
um, have a really great incentive program for all of our um, contract staff. So that's our servers and our bartenders. And we really push them to take the metro, bike, walk to events, or carpool. So every time that they do one of those options and do not drive themselves, we give them points. And at a certain you know length of time, usually about every six months, I tally up those points. And then we give things back to them. So it might be um, you know, $50 to a local bike shop to get their bike tuned up because they bike so often or a Metro card because they Metro so often. So we're really trying to promote people, um, just using human powered ways to get to and from events. How many employees do you all have? Uh, um, full-time employees. We have seven, like nine, seven, 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 <laughs> seven now. Yeah. And then, um, staff, uh, who actually work the events, the contract employees, we have a, a list of about 100 to 150, oh, wow. which is a little bit different than most companies. They um, outsource their staffing to um, staffing companies. Mm-hmm. That's all they do. Um, we don't do that. Uh, we find it's really important to use people that we know and trust because on the day of a wedding or an event, those are the people who are making sure it runs smoothly. And we want to make sure we know them and they know us and you know how we run the company. So they're a really great group of people. Most of them have been with us for years. That's great. That's great. How does the supper kitchen or the supper club work um, as far as getting a reservation, just so our listeners know how to yeah, do that? Absolutely. And- um, so the just the way that the, the system works right now is that um, to find out about openings, uh, you should uh, join our email list, and you do that by going to the website. It's a really simple website. Your only option when you get there is to join the email list. It's the bespokekitchendc.com. And um, from there, an email is sent when a new you know seating is opened. Uh, when you get the email, you click on the link, and it brings you to a page where you can buy a ticket. So tickets are bought in advance. Um, we are usually pretty specific about any sort of uh, food, you know, related aversions that might be affected by the dinner. So while we don't put out the menu in advance, you know, this this most recent um, cropping of dinners is the Russian theme. We were very explicit that if you, you know, don't eat meat or things like that, you may have trouble with this dinner. This and we would don't, not be the option Yeah, for you. this wouldn't be the option for you. And it's hard to make substitutions for such a small group of people. Right. But, you know, we have done gluten-free dinners in the past. We have done all vegetarian dinners in the past. So we try to make sure that we are hitting everybody, but with the understanding that we're not trying to compromise certain styles of food to just make sure that everybody can eat. You know, we'll make sure there's a dinner for you, even if it's not this one. I see. I see. And if our listeners want to find out about uh, – the catering portion. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm imagining there's a different website for that. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, eatandsmilecatering.com. Great. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to let us know about that uh, maybe any upcoming events? I know you have the Russian-themed event. That's yeah, coming. so we actually still have seats available for the Russian-themed event. So um, you can just take a look. You can also like us on Facebook. That's where we kind of send out updates on more seats that are available. Um, anything else? And it's the Bespoke Kitchen on Facebook? Yes, it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Eat and Smile Catering, is that also on also Facebook? Also on Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram as well. Perfect. Yeah, and we try to post pictures regularly of, you know, food production in our kitchen and oh. just fun things that represent who we are um, and events when we can. Um, so, yeah, feel free to, to like us on either of those sites and, and you'll you'll see regular updates. Perfect. Well, Erin and Katie, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. <laughs>